Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. It's rather easy to grow pumpkins in your backyard or garden, but to grow pumpkins on a scale of 18 acres can be a challenge. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. The Trinan Farm in Lodi has been tackling these challenges since 1991 as they've supplied the gourds for decorating, eating, and carving to the Madison area. Angie Trinan shares what it takes to produce pumpkins on that massive scale. They're surprisingly, like, touchy. They, you know, they're a little picky about, like, oh, did they get enough heat and sunlight? And they, oh, they want a little bit of rain, you know, at least the right times. So they're just kind of finicky. So sometimes, you know, our pumpkin crop doesn't turn out you know, as well as we expected, and it's kind of like, I don't know why, but also it's, you can't see them very well. You know, when the vines um, and the leaves are over the top of the pumpkins, um, it's kind of a mystery, like, how they're doing. So this time of year, as the vines are dying back, we get to go out and see, like, oh, good, there's pumpkins out there, <laughs> you know. How many pumpkins are you guys usually producing every year? Well, I think I've calculated, you know, like, 18 acres of pumpkins, so many pumpkins per square, you know, acre or foot, whatever. I mean, we will need about 20,000 pumpkins so that people have a really good selection. You know, so that's what we're hoping for. That might be off, but like, you know, we'll have thousands of people come on out and sometimes they load up a wagon full of pumpkins. Yeah, thousands of people come out not only to buy pumpkins, but to kind of experience Trinan Farm. What do you have to offer people that come out to visit the farm? Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, it is great to have a place where people can see a farm, can see some farm animals like our goats and turkeys and pigs and so forth. Um, and so we, we try to kind of have a blending of like a traditional farming, you know, setting, which we're lucky to have, you know, like original buildings with a lot of play areas for younger kids, um, but also a lot of interesting things to keep adults entertained and busy. Like kids always have fun. I mean, they're just going to have fun climbing around on things. But adults, you know, there's not that many things for you to do on a date or uh, brings a group of friends out. And we try to think about that a lot. Like the big corn maze, our regular corn maze, is really good for teenagers um, and adults and older kids. Um, so, and then we added hiking, which is also great for all ages. And uh, we try to have like something for everybody in the family. Um, Thing, things to do for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, pumpkins are the star of the show <laughs> here at Trident <laughs> Farm. Uh, how many different varieties are you offering? Um, because they're, they're not all just for carving. Yeah, we plant about 25 different varieties, I think is what we order. And um, yeah, so people definitely like the big, you know, car uh, carving size of the orange ones. But uh, my favorites are like the decorative ones that are like pink or like red and flattened like a Cinderella kind of pumpkin. Um, just kind of all shades like the, the light grays and the blue grays and things like that. So we make a lot of displays that are just, they're just so pretty, but they're ephemeral. Like, you know, they, they don't last all year round. So you, it's just a fall thing you get to do. So yeah. And you see these kids carrying these giant pumpkins or, or they pick out a little tiny baby one. And they're so cute. Yeah. And some are also for eating. Al said, Alan said that he enjoys, you know, cutting some up and baking them as, you know, because they're squash. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And some are specifically like grown for eating. They have a denser flesh, you know, a smaller like cavity with the seeds in it. But you can basically eat any pumpkin. Yeah, and some of those decorative varieties, which I personally was like, I don't know, what is that? Is it really a pumpkin? Is it a gourd or whatever? But some of the the really pretty ones are actually some of the best to eat, to bake, and you know, um, make into pies and things like that. So multi-purpose. Was it a good crop this year? And what do you need in the spring and summer to make it a successful pumpkin crop season? So, yeah, I'm starting to see the pumpkins now. I've been going out. I'm like, oh, good. There's a lot of pumpkins out here. Um, So they need, um, they like warmth. You can't really plant them until the soil is pretty warm. Um, But they also want a lot of moisture, especially at the right times um, as they're growing because there's a lot of moisture in a a pumpkin. They need to be pollinated. So, you know, we need pollinators to come on out and pollinate them. Um, So some of the things that can actually cause problems with pumpkin patches are like not have like a really cool summer they're not as excited about that they don't grow as well um when you're this is one of the things that can be the worst with pumpkins is if we have a an early frost especially a hard frost that damages the surface of the pumpkins and then like one year we had that and then we had like 85 degree temperatures like a couple weeks later and a lot of them rotted because that um Freezing causes a little little surface damage. No big deal if the if the weather remains cool, but if it really heats up, that's where you get like bacterial growth and everything. So you know, it's all it's all about the weather, which of course we can't do anything about. Do you guys ever need to irrigate your pumpkins or bring in bees to pollinate? We have brought in bees in the past. I think it's we've just kind of determined it's not really necessary for us, you know, with whatever pollinator populations we have. We have a very heavy soil and, uh, you know, clay soil, and so it holds the moisture pretty well. So we're pretty lucky that way. However, in 2012 was a real drought summer, and just you know, we planted the pumpkins, they started to grow, and then by like July, they weren't actually growing at all. So we purchased irrigation equipment that year and uh, we we had to irrigate the pumpkins. And um, so they turned out great, but I don't think they would have if we hadn't irrigated. We have, I don't think we have irrigated since then, but we are always ready. Like there's all, it always feels like, okay, if we don't get rain, we're gonna have to set up all that equipment. So it's nice to have it. Because a lot of people grow pumpkins on sandy soil, a lot of people, do need to irrigate their pumpkins but ours happen to be a real heavy like a clay soil so it sticks to the pumpkins too so people get authentic mud on their shoes when they're (laughs) going out to the patch if it's been raining so uh, people can look forward to a good pumpkin crop this year when they come out to trine and farm how is attendance here and has the pandemic inhibited people from coming or brought more people out so last year i spent a lot of the summer and early fall kind of freaking out a little like you know, I was worried that we would need to shut down because of the numbers. And even though we had put in place a lot of, um, you know, masking masks required in different areas and distancing measures, uh, last year was such an unknown. Turned out last year the, the weather in the fall was beautiful. And then we decided to open every day instead of just the weekends. That allowed people to come during the week and when because schools a lot of the schools were online at least part of the part of the week people had more flexibility so last year turned out to be a pretty pretty you know well attended year between the weather and the you know more more free time so this year we obviously we're not sure what was going to happen with corona the um, coronavirus Um, so we kept in a lot of our 
um, safeguards, distancing, um, our online time ticketing so people can see how many tickets we've sold. And um, so far this year, it's been gorgeous weather, and people are very amenable to the online ticketing. And I think they're really happy to know, are we busy, are we not busy? And they can choose their level of you know, risk, essentially, when they decide to come out. Last year, many farms like ours um, who have uh, yeah, agritourism did go to an online time ticketing system. I mean, almost any tourism-based business really had to think carefully about that. I mean, we couldn't have, like... 500 people arrive all at the exact same time. They'd be crowded in the parking lot, crowded in our uh, tunnel under the en entrance tunnel. Um, and so we all kind of scrambled to put that system in place. And, I mean, a lot of us really like it because we can predict how many people will be here. We can keep the crowd crowds, you know, to a minimum. We can have a steady flow of people versus everybody being like, oh, Saturday it's sunny, I'm coming in noon, you know? So um, not everybody's continuing it, but because the Delta, you know, is kind of surging in Wisconsin, we feel uh, pretty comfortable with our system and also just happy we've got it in place and we're more familiar with it now. So, so how's the season for you guys so far? I mean, is business good? Are people happy coming out here? What's the outlook so far? So we open earlier than a lot of places, so we've had uh, almost a month here, and yeah, we, we've had um, good attendance, the weather's been just lovely, and people are excited to come on out, and it's been nice, this is, it's a nice time of the year for us, because we personally can talk to a lot of the, the visitors later in the season as we get busier we have you know more of our employees and we're really supporting them um, but it's, it's kind of laid back right now and it's, it's so it's really a fun time of the year so. talking about labor um are you guys well staffed are you looking for staff and how has dealing with a labor shortage impacted your farm well we're we are lucky to have a lot of returning employees who have other jobs or go to school, but will come on out on weekends and help us out. So we have a great staff that has, uh, our core staff has been with us for you know several years, um, typically. Um, we, I think like any seasonal business, we always could use a few more people. So, you know, I am continuing to hire a little bit throughout the beginning of the season now. So yes, I am looking for a few more people. Um, it, it, the labor shortage in general has not affected us in the sense of needing to close down or really needing to curtail anything. Um, but it's all, running a seasonal business is always, always a challenge of juggling staff. Sometimes it rains and you're don't want them to, you know, you don't want them to come in, and that can be hard for people who are counting on, you know, hours. But you know, we make it, we make it work. So yeah, yeah. I think it also, you know, people need to remember seasonal businesses like yours. This is your time, your only time during the year to, you know, keep you guys going until the next season. I mean, what are some of the challenges of that, but also maybe some benefits? Well, you know, farmers know what seasonal businesses are like. So my husband is completely accustomed to like, oh, no, the hay, hay needs to be made. You make the hay. It doesn't matter if you're tired or want to go on a trip or something. Same thing with, you know, harvesting corn. So uh, seasonality is really just ingrained into farming. It took me a while. I didn't grow up on a farm. So it took me a while to kind of get used to that seasonal kind of business. But, um, yeah, now it's for me and for my employees, too. It's like, yeah, we've got like six weeks here to work and to do all the all the things and have all the people come. So it's just, it's pretty for my husband and I. It's pretty much nonstop, you know, morning till night for uh, this season. 
And, you know, we're accustomed to it. It's exhausting at times, but um, that's a fall agritourism business. But, of course, the flip side is, like, if we wanted to go somewhere, you know, going somewhere in the winter or spring is very doable. And we, um, you know, work really hard when it's the fall. And, you know, I might take some days off or mornings (laughs) off in the off-season, which a lot of farmers, you know, just need that time to fix equipment and catch up, um, just, just like us, too. That's Angie Trinan, who operates the Trinan farm with her husband just outside of Lodi, 20 miles north of Madison. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.